Welcome to the podcast today. Uh, thank you so much for joining with us. And you probably hear a little bit of popping here, even though we have a windscreen on our recording uh, um, um, and microphone and stuff. Uh, nonetheless, there's quite a lot of wind because uh, I am here uh, in the city of Laodicea, the ancient city, the archaeological digs uh, of this great city, Laodicea, that was a very large, a very rich, a very important, very prominent city in its day. Laodicea sits atop a hill, and uh, we are in the theater, one of the two theaters here in Laodicea, and uh, this particular theater held about 12,000 plus people. The other theater was like 8,000, and it opens up out into the valley and uh, looks across the valley, and just uh, a little bit uh, to the left from the theater as you're looking across the valley, the city of Heropolis, uh, which uh, uh, is a which is amazing. It is amazing. You can see it from here because of the mineral deposits on top of the hill and the sun shines on it. We just saw the sun shining on it and it just looks like a big, it looks like a big, um, it looks like snow on the side of the mountain. That's what it looks like. And uh, we just came, went and visited that. And uh, you're also going to hear perhaps some of the archaeologists digging behind us and, you know, just some other traffic and noise and things on that line. But what you're going to hear most about today is the word of God that was sent to this city. Uh, we are, uh, are touring. I'm with a tour group right now from our church. And we are in this city because we are touring uh, the modern country of Turkey along with some biblical sites here. Well, yesterday we were in the city of Ephesus and what an amazing uh, archaeological uh, find when you get in the city of Ephesus. I mean, they have done a great job, but they've been excavating it there in Ephesus for over a hundred years and uh, they get a little bit, you know, they, they've been a little bit slow doing it, uh, honestly, but this particular city here in the last three or four years, five years, uh, especially over the last decade has absolutely just just come to life. Uh, they've unearthed streets and, and churches. Uh, th there were, uh, you know, uh, more than a dozen, 15 or 19 churches here in this particular city that, that they found, of course, beginning about uh, long, you know, uh, none before about uh, uh, 500. They won't find any probably before 350 or so, uh, just because uh, Christianity was not in favor in the Roman Empire until the 300s with uh, Constantine, the Emperor Constantine. But, uh, it, it, it is just a tremendous city, uh, a, a tremendous place to visit. It takes a little while to get here, but it's well worth it. And uh, after this, we're going to the city of Colossae, which has not been, uh, um, there, there have been absolutely no uh, archaeological digs there in that particular city. It's just a hill. And uh, uh, one of the things that makes uh, uh, the, the digging a little more difficult and makes the city even look after it's excavated, look a little bit, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, Rustic, not rustic, it looks uh, destroyed, was because of the earthquakes that happened in this region. It's amazing. But at any rate, let's get to the Word of God today. You know, the city of Laodicea was mentioned by the Apostle Paul, even though he may not have ever visited here. Nonetheless, it's by his influence that, that uh, we believe the church uh, uh, existed and was strengthened and was encouraged along the way. In fact, he sent a letter here to the church in Laodicea, sent a letter to, to the church in Colossae, uh, a letter uh, uh, you know uh, that, that was supposed to be circulated, read in Heropolis in the church there. And uh, we know that they circulated the letters from the Apostle Paul as he was uh, considered to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And even though there was a Jewish contingency here in this city, as there was in many others, and, and some evidence we've even seen today of some Jewish Christians here, Christians who had uh, reasonably converted to, uh, excuse me, Jews had reasonably converted to Christianity because they had included the cross on top of their menorah on, uh, on one of the uh, columns that's found here uh, dating back, uh, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So even though the Apostle Paul may not have visited here, nonetheless, uh, he 
influence the church here. And then as well, we, uh, we know that uh, John the Revelator wrote to the church in Laodicea. Right, guys? And he wrote to the church. Now, we visited some of these churches. And uh, let me read this. Uh, we will begin here. If you have your Bibles, we're going to begin here in Revelation chapter 3. And Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, this is what is said, okay? Uh, this is, uh, again, John, the revelator, writing because Jesus has received this revelation from God. He's sharing with John so John can make sure that we and others uh, hear the word of the Lord. And he's writing to the angel in the church of the Laodiceans. Now, this is the last church that he's writing to, and many people along with me believe that not only were the churches representative in that day, but also they're representative of different periods. And I believe the last day's church, in fact, I believe the church that we are in, I believe we're in the last days, the last day's church is represented by the Laodicean church. And so uh, I, I'm going to encourage you to take some of these things personally, all right, to the angel or to the leadership or to those who can change things in that church of the last days in the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Of course, he's talking about uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God who was in the beginning. And here he says in verse 15, I know your works, church. I know, I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. Now, the long-term thought, the reason why he was talking about hot and cold, is because uh, the the cold waters coming from Colossae and the mineral waters from Heropolis, uh, those two directions, different directions, many imagined for a long time that those waters merged somewhere, and here in the city of Laodicea, uh, it, it, it produced a lukewarm, that it was neither hot nor cold. You know, um, even though the archaeological thought has changed on that, and the scholar, uh, uh, the the scholars are probably going to be changing some of their thought on it as well through the years. Um, it doesn't necessarily change the fact that this was written to a church to mean something. And what it means again to us is not just about the natural waters that are flowing to this city or any other city, but rather the spiritual waters that are flowing, those waters which come into our life. And, and here he says to them, I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, because you're neither cold nor hot, but because you're tepid, because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're not passionate about anything. You know, it, it, it's almost like being apathetic. In fact, I saw a bumper sticker one time that says, I am neither for nor against apathy. I kind of like that. And uh, uh, here he says, uh, here he says, because you're lukewarm and you're not hot and you're not cold, then I will vomit you out of my mouth. I'm going to spew you. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Why? Because that drinking that tepid, uh, lukewarm water uh, can make you sick, especially if it happened to have had anything to do with the mineral water there from Heropolis. Then you know that, uh, that, that those kinds of things, um, uh, lukewarmness does no one any good is what he's talking about. I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say, I am rich, I have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. Uh, you know, if you were to look here in this city, you would realize they were rich. I mean, a huge fountain here and huge church and, you know, a, a temple and all the things and the roads that were laid out on this grid. It's just amazing how wealthy this city was. They'd had a huge Roman bath as well in this city. I mean, huge. One of the largest Roman baths in, the, in, in all of these cities that had been excavated from that period. And it says, uh, because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. <laughs> you don't know. You know, God sees us so different sometimes than we see ourselves. 
I've heard that we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge other people by what they do, but God judges us by neither. God actually looks on the heart, the Bible says, not on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And he says this to, to, to some who imagine they are rich, to some who imagine they are, they are uh, uh, you know, strong and, and don't need any help. He says to some that rather than being rich, you are actually poor and you're miserable and you're wretched, you're naked, you're blind. He said, I counsel to you, buy of me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments, perhaps referring to the textile industry that has always been in this area. Buy of me white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. In that particular day, there was a, a, a clinic, a great medical uh, uh, um, ministry, a great medical clinic, hospital here, a uh, great medical practice here in Laodicea. And uh, uh, many believe that the eyes were, were what they were focusing on. There's a, a salve that you can put on your eyes that, that, that would uh, anoint your eyes and actually bring healing to many of the eye diseases and, and maladies and infirmities that, uh, that many saw in that day. In verse number 19, he says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, he said. Therefore, be zealous. What does that mean? That means you need to be energetic. You need to be passionate about your repentance. I like that thought. We'll come back to that in just a moment. Verse 20. Behold, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, will dine with him, and he with me. Verse 21, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on the throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And verse 22, concluding the messages to these seven churches, he who has an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, let him hear. Let's go back to just a moment to one of these thoughts in verse number 19. This is what the risen Savior is saying. And I think it behooves us to really pay attention to what he's saying and, and to apply that to our life today. Those of you, he said, uh, who, who are in need and you may not have known that you were in need, he says, but... Uh, even if you are, even if you're poor and you're wretched and you're miserable and you're naked and you're blind, do you know he still loves you? Isn't that great? He said, uh, you know, uh, as many as I love, he's still talking to them. He's saying to them, I am giving you a word of correction because I love you. I think that's a pretty good deal, don't you? I mean, the, the, the reality, you know, we, we were talking on the bus today about how wonderful it is in, in, in our Christian faith to embrace the message of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is going to love us no matter what we do. That the word of God is not a bunch of do's and don'ts. The Word of God, the Word of Almighty God, the Bible, is not based on a lot of do's and don'ts. It's based on done. Jesus did it. It's done. He paid for it. The Bible says that if we could be righteous in our own doings, if we could do enough works in order to get into heaven, then Jesus would have died in vain. He would have come in vain. There would have been no reason for him to have even come if we could have done it on our own. But the very fact that we cannot be perfect on our own, and yet... God accepts perfect people. Then how in the world will God ever accept me? Because someone else perfect took my place. He became sin and I became righteous. And it was not based on works. 
It was based on what he did, not what I can do. It was based on the grace of God. If you owed a bill, let's say that you owed someone $1,000 and I went and paid that $1,000 for you, you would not owe it anymore. You wouldn't. I mean, even if somebody tried to make you pay it, you could say, no, it's been paid for. Someone else paid it. It was paid for. See, that's the benefit of having a savior. That's the benefit. Uh, everyone needs to be saved. Everyone needs a savior. You know, no matter who we are, not one of us is good enough and not one of us will ever be good enough to warrant a reward of eternal life with God. Not one of us has enough or will ever be enough to be able to stand in the presence of God on our own. So someone else paid that price. It's the whole message of Christianity is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. Now, that's John 3.16, a very familiar verse in the Bible. But John 3.17 is, is, uh, is what this revelation is talking about. The next verse, you know, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but rather that the world through him might be saved. God did not send Jesus to go around condemning and, 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 and uh, criticizing and judging and, and sentencing. He sent Jesus to pay a price so that the wrongs that you and I do in life, we don't have to pay for that. Someone else paid for it. Now, I can't get good enough for heaven, but I get to go anyway because I go on his ticket. That's what accepting Jesus, that's what believing in Jesus means. When we believe and we accept him as payment for our sin, then God says God will accept him as payment when we accept him as payment. When we believe it, God receives it from us as faith and we receive salvation. And that's what he's talking about here to the church in Laodicea and every other church. It's all, he always ended every message with a message of hope, a message of overcoming, a message of something that we could do in order to, to make sure that we understand he does not want to leave us in any hole. That's why he said, as many as I love, I rebuke, I chasten. You know, he's not just going to walk away from you and not give you another chance. He's not going to be through with you. If you do something bad, he's not finished with you. You know, the Bible says, for example, don't be unevenly yoked together with unbelievers. That means that, 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 that believers in Christ should not uh, choose to marry unbelievers in Christ. Um, now, does this mean that God's going to hate you if you do? No, it doesn't. Does it mean that God's not going to help you if you do? No, it doesn't. Does it mean that you're going to hell if you do? No, it doesn't. It might mean that you live in some hell, and that's what he's trying to get you to avoid. You see, Jesus came to save us not only from an eternity in hell, but from the hell of this life as well. And this is what this, this, this Revelation Laodicea uh, message is talking about, is trying to save us from the hell of this life. As many as I love, I am so glad that God encourages us and corrects us and, and rebukes us and chastens us and he encourages us with his word. He doesn't give us cancer. He's not going to hurt us, to correct us. He's going to encourage us with his word, just like he's doing right now. And he said, therefore, therefore, when you hear something that points out that you've been wrong, 
then be zealous and repent. What does that mean? That means get excited that, that you know you were wrong <laughs> and, and, and you get to be right. And it'll all be forgiven. It'll be forgotten. It'll be over. All you have to do is turn. All you have to do is get excited and turn. Don't, wouldn't you be happy if you, were, if, if, if you were supposed to be going to Disneyland and it was east and you were going west and somebody said to you, hey, listen, you need to turn around if you're going to Disneyland. How much would you thank that person? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You, know, you get excited. You turn around and you probably speed up because you got all excited because now you know you're going the right way. You know, it's wonderful to be pointed out that you're going the wrong way. It's wonderful. It's a blessing. And so here he's saying to the church in Laodicea, be zealous and repent. Let me encourage you today. If you know you're doing wrong and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll all in life find out at some point that something needs to change in our life. When you find out something needs to change, don't be mad at the person that pointed it out. Okay? Don't be upset. Don't be critical. Okay? Be happy. Be zealous. Give them a hug. Give them a kiss. Thank them okay? that they pointed out where you were wrong. Be zealous and repent. And then you can be like those who overcome. You can overcome. God never leaves you without a message of hope. He's not going to leave you when you do wrong. If anything, he's going to get closer to you so he can help you do right. He won't leave you. He'll help you. Even when you don't do what he says, he loves us so much and our ticket to heaven is through Jesus, not what we do and don't do. It's through Jesus. But because we are on our way to heaven, we need to continue to be more and more pleasing to God. Well, God bless you today. Thanks for listening to the podcast and uh, thank these folks here as well for enduring uh, and putting up with this because this one on, in, in this theater, it wasn't really easy for us to, uh, to get together here and do this. I'm standing on the side of the hill and uh, my goodness, I don't know. There's a huge drop off behind me. Uh, <laughs> you hear everybody laughing? <laughs> in fact, uh, uh, some, some of our group has decided to stay way away. And, uh, and so, uh, hey, <laughs> thanks so much, though, for joining with us. God bless you. I love you. Be zealous. Be, be, be passionate. Be committed to changing and being more like Christ. God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you on the next podcast.